Good morning. This morning's Bible reading is from Acts 3, verses 1 to 10. It's called Peter Heals a Lame Beggar. So Acts 3, 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. those who are visiting we're, we're in the book of Acts and we're actually through we're going to look at the book of Acts uh, for the first part of this year uh, obviously we're up to chapter 3 uh, so I encourage you there are pew, pew Bibles if you'd like them I will have some things up on the screen today so uh, either way uh, yeah, let me pray Father God uh, thank you for this time thank you that we come to your word knowing that it is your word that it is breathed by the Spirit, through your prophets, through your apostles, and we can come confidently knowing that you are speaking to us as we sit in it. Father God, reveal yourself today, Lord, and help us to understand this passage in a way which brings us uh, to a place of change. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know if I can take it anymore, Father. Of course you can, son. There's still a good crowd around the temple following the harvest festival. It'll be another good day. We must get there soon, though, before people arrive for prayer. Your friends will be here to carry you. But what's the point? I can't walk. I'm not allowed to enter the temple because the fact that I'm not whole. People don't look me in the eye even if they do give money. The priests, the leaders of the temples won't acknowledge me. I'm 40 years old tired of just begging to eat. I'm ashamed of who I am. I know some, we don't know why God has cursed us in this way, but we have to keep going. Well, they say the reason I was born is that you or mum sinned before I was born. What's God punishing us for? What's God punishing me for? We don't always know the ways of God, son. Please. They're going to be here soon to carry you. But it's always to the temple and never in the temple. I'm not a dog. Why can't I go in? Every day is the same. I sit at the entrance of the temple and hope that people will give me money. But I long to enter 
and give praise to God. I want to worship like everyone else. I want to say my prayers inside the temple, not outside. For more than 20 years, 7,000 days or more, it's been the same. I've begged. I don't want this anymore. And son, for 7,000 days, we've had this same conversation. You know the law. You know that nothing unclean can enter that temple. And every day you persevere, you have the courage to be humiliated at that gate. God will have mercy on you. Today will be a good day where people are generous. Quick, they're here to carry you. Come on, let's go. And so the routine would have went day after day. A man not much younger than me, or maybe more younger, 40 years, lame since birth, unable to walk. He tries like every other day to get movement in his legs. Perhaps when his dad lifts his legs, he's trying to feel something. But for 40 years, nothing. And as he's picked up and he's carried, he accepts another day like the thousands of others. A day of being an incomplete person, a cursed man in God's eyes, unworthy to enter God's temple, unworthy to come anywhere close to God's presence, than outside this gate, ironically called beautiful. Every day he tries to find that place beautiful. But every day it just reminds him of his curse, his separation from God. He will never be able to go through that gate. He is unclean, he is unworthy, he is forever banished from coming into God's presence. But this is no ordinary day. See, verse 1 tells us the prayer time was 3 p.m. It was the afternoon. The crowds are flooding through the gate. And he sees Peter and John in verse 3 and likely asks them for money in the same way he asks everybody else for money. Most ignored him. But they're used to his presence where no one seems to know his name. Verse 10 later on says the crowd recognize him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. That's the guy who sleeps under the tree. That's the guy in the wheelchair. That's the post office guy, the guy at the gym. That's the kid who hangs around the skate park. It's impersonal. It's safe. It's manageable. That's the guy at the gate. Beautiful. But in verse 4, Peter and John turn and look straight at the one, pe- at, at the one people ignore, even if they throw money into his bowl. See, this moment, the impersonal becomes personal. But he's ashamed. He wouldn't dare look at them. What would they say? Hey, you, the cursed one of God. This is what happens to sinners. Your parents must have been sinners. See, he's not worthy. Peter says, look at us. Well, that's what the NIV says. It's put an exclamation mark there, which I don't think should be there. I don't think it would have been a forceful look at us. I don't think it was frustration or intensity. I think it would have been filled with compassion. I think it's more, it's okay. There's no need to be ashamed. Look at us. Look at us. So in verse 5, he gives Peter and John his attention. Perhaps today will be a good day. 
perhaps people will be generous. Perhaps God will have mercy on him and he'll have some money. Verse 6 and 7 show today is no ordinary day. If you just have a look at those verses, 6 and 7. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Well, this is Louise Savage. She was possibly Australia's greatest Paralympian. She was born with severe congenital spinal condition. Her condition required her to have 21 surgical operations by the time she was 10 years old. As a preteen, Savage suffered scoliosis, and at 14, she had surgery to fix a curvature in her spine using steel rods. It was partially uh, successful, but she still has a 49-degree curvature. Now, I have no doubt that if doctors could enable Louise Savage to walk, they would. And I have no doubt if there was anyone who could do the work for that to happen, it would be Louise Savage. There would be no one who would put more capable of putting themselves through that than Louise Savage. So occasionally people who are paralysed in an accident go through the intensive rehabilitation. And over time, braces and other medical help, they were able to walk again. Occasionally children with disabilities, over time with great assistance and effort, learn to walk. But look at verse 7 again. A man who is 40 years old, 40 years old, has never walked in his life, is helped up and instantaneously, instantaneously he has his feet and ankles strong. And verse 8 uh, says this, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now just in case you don't, we don't miss it, Luke, who's the author of the book, mentions him walking three times in verses 8 and 9. And if you scour YouTube for even claims of miraculous healing, you will struggle to find someone whose ankles and feet are so strong that they're able to start jumping. Tendons, muscles all need to be reformed. For him, probably created because they've atrophied way beyond anything uh, that they can be rehabilitated. So the mind needs to relearn coordination, how to direct the feet. Walking was something he'd never done before, but instantaneously. See, this is recreation. This is restoration. See, the extent of this healing is confronting. The disabled is made able. The broken is made whole. The physical effects of a broken world on this man's body are reversed. And then in verses uh, 9 and 10, we're, we're told this. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. 
Now notice this is the same wonder and amazement that is recorded in verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. After the Spirit of God at Pentecost was poured down on all of our God's people. And that moment leads to a sermon by Peter about the Lordship of Christ. And this healing in chapter 3, it has the same response, wonder and amazement. And it ends with a, with, with a sermon by Peter about the Lordship of Christ. This is no coincidence. Luke is showing something here. God has blessed 3,000 people by giving their life to the Lord at the end of chapter 2, but he still loves the one. The one. It is still worth recording this one man gets up and what does he do? Yes, he jumps. Yes, he walks, but he praises God. Just as Pentecost led to the praise and worship of God by the multitude, this healing leads to the praise and, uh, the praise and worship of God by the one. God is the God who leaves the 99 and seeks the one as much as the God. I once was told when I was in the outback, I used to work in the Kimberley and the Pilbara. Not once told, I was told many times by senior pastors, senior leaders in certain denominations in Sydney that I'm wasting my time out there. What are you doing wasting your time? That's for retired pastors. There's hardly anyone out there. You should be in the city when you're at the prime so that you can preach to the multitudes. Yeah, that's not what God thinks. You see, God cares as much for the one as he does for the many. And here we've got a man forgotten and discarded by religion. That's who he is. They've forgotten their requirements under the law to care for him. He's forgotten. They don't even know his name. Well, he's made whole by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, at, at conflict here is religion and the freedom of grace. Religion can't restore this man. But God's grace and his forgiveness of this man and the healing of his body can. But see, the religious are not comfortable with such a miracle. It disrupts their control. And so from now on, we start seeing rising opposition to the gospel through Acts, to the message of Jesus. And it begins with those who hold the most power in the religious elite. See, a scene is created in verse 11 here. Uh, we're told this. While the man held on to Peter and John, that's the wrong one, isn't it? While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. See, people are thirsting for something more than religion. They've heard suddenly there's power that has been displayed and they run. It's a religious place. You don't run in the temple, but they run. But look at the irony here. The temple is meant to be the place where God dwells. And they're surprised to see the power of God at work. Can you see the problem? 
This is the establishment holding back all that God can do. Anyway, they run. And because the Spirit of God never re-entered the temple after the exile, when they rebuilt the temple, you will find the Spirit of God never re-entered it because the Spirit was going to enter the people of God. And that is where God dwells. And together, the people of God with the Holy Spirit are the temple of God. See, because the Spirit is not in the temple, He's in the people, people are running to the Spirit of God. And Peter says something to highlight the desperation and hopelessness of the rituals, of the corrupted leadership which people lived with. He asks them a searching question in verse 12. In verse 12, he says, Why does this surprise you? Why does it surprise you that there's a miracle? You are God's temple. Surely you are expecting God to do miraculous signs here. But see, the miraculous signs are leading to a sermon about Jesus. Because the, because the miracles that are performed right through Acts and right through the history of the church have a great purpose. The reason Jesus performed miracles on the earth wasn't for the miracle's sake. It wasn't just to, it wasn't just to heal people. It was to display his authority and his power. See, the whole point of any miracle is to point people to Jesus. And that's why we now have a sermon by Peter. The first thing he does is go, whoa, it's not me. It's not my faith. It's not my power. I'm unable to do anything here. He's self-deprecating. Now, I wish all people who were performing miracles would then follow with a sermon about Jesus. But I hear there's healing services, and you turn up, and I'm not saying everywhere, and you never hear the name of Jesus. It becomes all about the healing. Well, that's not what the power of God is there for. The healing is there to point us to Jesus so that the message of the gospel, which is forever proclaimed to build the kingdom of God, will be listened to because it is seen as authentic and real. Peter, in verses 17 to 27, then calls upon the hearers to respond. See, the demand is for repentance, just as it was in chapter 2. The basis for this repentance is Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies to say that he is the Messiah, the Saviour. So the reference to Moses' prophecy in verses 22 and 23 is very significant here, and I'll read that to you. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. This was a crucial promise on which the hope of Israel stood. Peter says Jesus fulfills the very promise of Moses. That's the authority which the healing and the sermon stand. Jesus has even greater authority than Moses. And this has been affirmed by his resurrection. And that's where Peter ends his sermon. He says, uh, Though through your offspring all people will be blessed, 
When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. In Jesus' resurrection, it is affirmed that he has that authority. See, this morning I want to challenge us a little bit. Are you looking for healing? Are you looking for a miracle? And if God doesn't give you that sign, then maybe he's not real. Well, I want, you to po- I want to point you back to the miracles and of the Gospels and through Acts and where it does point to his authority. Now, I'm not here saying there's no miracles today because there are. And if someone declared, which I've heard recently from our congregation, that God has miraculously healed them, we need to praise God and we need to affirm that and we need to bring that praise to him. Someone in the evening service has recently been healed of cancer through, through medicine, but it was unexpected. And so we need to praise God. But that miracle has a purpose. It is to draw people back to the one who performed it, the risen Lord Jesus. So don't live your life for the miracle. Live your life for the miracle worker who is Jesus. And if he provides a sign and a wonder for you as you are living out your life, that is wonderful because that will help you to gain authority as you preach the gospel. But see, the true miracle that we are looking forward to, the true hope of Israel, is the resurrection. That is where every every tear will be wiped from the eye. That is where every body will be made whole. That is where there is great peace. And even if someone is healed in this life, they will die again. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead didn't resurrect him he resuscitated him there's a big difference resuscitation and resurrection look to the resurrection but praise God for the miracles he continues to perform to help the good news of Jesus go out there so don't trust in miracles trust in the one who performs the miracles whether or not he is performing them for you because he is worthy He is to be honoured and we can give him all the praise. Because ultimately, just as that man who was lowered through the roof before Jesus, the great miracle here is forgiveness. This man can now enter the temple. This man is restored. This man can praise God, worship God in all its fullness. And that is the great news of the gospel. Whatever your capacity, whatever your... Uh, gender, whatever your ethnicity, whatever it is, there is no barrier now. It's all been destroyed. And so the good news is for all people, and all you need to do is put your trust in the Lord Jesus, and he will save you, and you'll be restored into eternity with him. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for this great healing of this man. Thank you that You are the one who breaks down the wall of hostility, uh, the the wall between sin and us, and the wall between uh, Gentile and Jew, the temple walls. Thank you that when Jesus uh, died on that cross, the temple curtain was torn in two so that 
all people can come into your presence through faith in Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for anyone here this morning who is, who is hurting and suffering and, and praying for a miracle. Firstly, Lord, I pray that you provide that miracle. I pray for healing in their life. But Lord, I pray that that healing comes with faith and great glory for you and that it leads them to uh, proclaim you and praise you for all that you've done for them. But Father God, for those who don't receive that healing on this earth, help them to keep their eyes fixed on the resurrection, Lord, on the true hope of eternity with you in full restoration and renewal. And so Father, thank you that you have blessed us with that assurance and that promise for all who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name.